Podcraft. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Preble Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Welcome, folks, to this episode, Encourage Your Partner's Deeper Authenticity. My wife, Ivana Rainbow, and I today are going to have a conversation of why we want to do this extension podcast from last week's podcast of Encourage Your Partner's Authenticity, because some things came up for us that created a desire for us to go deeper into what it is to encourage each other's authenticity. So, babe, why don't you repeat that story and tell me again, you know, what came up for you yesterday in order for us to go ahead and want to have this conversation. Sunday morning, yesterday I woke up with this uneasy feeling that something was nagging me about the podcast we had recorded just five days earlier. And I was thinking, should I ask Prepo if we should make love this morning or should I take a discussion with him about my nagging feeling? I like how you think. I like how your first thoughts come. and i was also in a little bit of a time crunch because i was gonna head out of the door at 11 a.m for my writing workshop as i was waking up and trying to decide you jumped out of bed to go tent the fireplace so i thought okay i'll take this moment to get a little more clarity about my nagging feeling. So I quickly began to do an EFT session on myself. And I'll get back to that in a little while, what EFT is. So quickly doing that process, I did get clarity on what was nagging me. Something I said in the previous podcast in regards to my name change, and it was, I never seek to change it. You said that you never seek to change Ivana. Yeah, that's true. And here, five days later, I realized, hey, I did change it a little bit 20 years ago. The E in the end of my name, I changed to an A. So I felt out of integrity not mentioning this. Yeah, I mean, you were were racked that morning. I mean, you woke up with with this realization and it, it was really gnawing at you and you were upset you were crying you were like i don't want this to air at all the whole world's gonna think that i'm inauthentic and here we're doing one on authenticity and so authenticity was really really important to you and integrity and you felt that you are out of integrity not mentioning that you did change that one letter from e to a and that's actually what i love about you reflecting to go deeper in your authenticity Yeah, and I was like, please, can we go and make an addition to the podcast before it's going out in two days? And I said, it was already loaded. Hey, Iris, so when you're out there, don't say that we can change when it's loaded. (laughs) It was loaded. And I said, yeah, we can't change it. And you got really upset. Mm -hmm. I got really upset. And Daphne's thoughts about lovemaking totally vanished. Man, oh man, that was a bummer of a morning. But what it turned out 
is that we decided because of this process of like, ah, let's continue going deeper in authenticity because this was an example of how we encouraged each other. I said, hey, let's do another podcast about this. Yeah, so we immediately was brainstorming there in the bed and that was so fun about all the other things, how we could take it to a deeper level. And hey, I think it's kind of interesting real quick of why you did change that letter E to an A. Yeah, I've been interested in nomology and I've been working on my lifelong shyness. So I learned that having an A in the name boosts self-confidence and there was absolutely no A's in any of my birth names and not either when I married and became Teplitsky. So since everyone in America was pronouncing my name in a way that sounded like an A in the end. Ivana. Yeah. I always had to uh, spell the name for everyone. So I thought, okay, I can do two things in one go here. I'll change the A in the end. And that way it will always be spelled the way it's pronounced. And I don't have to spell it for people anymore. And I'll get a boost of self-confidence. Mm. Do you feel that you have gotten a boost of self-confidence with the change? Well, yes. I don't know if it is because of the name, but certainly living here in America and being married with you have boosted my confidence and opened me up more to talk and express myself. So you didn't get to tell the story last week, and this is what really bothered you, that you really felt that you messed up. Yeah, I was really sad about that, that I was holding back some truth. And yeah, I really felt I was messing up. One of the tapes I have in my mind is that I can't mess up. It has to be right. And I certainly can't regret what I said once it's spoken. I cannot take back my words. So I think I must have got this early on in my childhood Maybe from my parents correcting me when I spoke and they were very well-meaning and they wanted me to be so good and perfect. But the message that I got behind this of being corrected was that what I say is not good enough, it's not right, it's not perfect enough. So I became very critical about what I could speak, second-guessing myself and eventually shutting down more and more. And certainly feeling I must not mess up. Yeah, so messing up is, is a big deal for, for you in some way with some of the perfection energy that comes in around messing up. Like you can't mess up. So so this was a big deal for you to come back to me and say, wow, I, I messed up. And you felt a lot of shame that you didn't totally speak your truth last podcast. Yeah, and it's big going on air again right now and talking about this and phasing up to it. Well, what I think is pretty cool, you know, there's, um, I'm paraphrasing Brene Brown. She's a therapist and researcher on vulnerability. And she says, to be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect and vulnerable. What you're doing right here is an aspect of authenticity, is the courage to be imperfect, courage to be vulnerable, Authenticity is about presence. It's living in the moment with conviction and confidence and staying true to yourself. So I encourage you deeply to stay true to yourself, even though we didn't make love the other morning. <laughs> and instead, what we did was we processed this and you told me your truth. And I'm so glad that we did that. 
And we did make up for that, though, later. Yes, we did, <laughs> sir. So I really want to say that I appreciate how you handled this whole process. Mm. You know, how you supported me through this, listened to me, my uh, meltdown Sunday morning, and how you immediately started looking for solutions yeah. and just talking me through the process. And we very quickly got to... Well, let's make a second podcast and go deeper. Yeah, it was it was kind of inspiring because it was a part of like, wow, this is about authenticity and to go deeper. I knew you were going to go to your writing workshop and I encourage you, hey, write about this. Like actually go really deep and write about your process and see what comes up so that you can express a deeper understanding of yourself. And again, to me, that's what authenticity is to get a deep understanding of our internal world so that it could be reflected on how we behave and what we say and what we do. Yeah. So I immediately started writing several pages while you went and made breakfast for us in bed. And I just love how we turned lemons into lemonade hmm. with this story where I felt I messed up. Yeah, and speaking about like messing up, I remember the time several years ago, it had to be at least like 15, 18 years ago, I remember you were you were in bed and I just got a letter from the IRS saying that I owed a whole bunch of money because I didn't file something and oh man, I was so stressed and I felt discouraged and I came to you and I told you, hey babe, I just got to tell you like, I really messed up and I told you the story about the IRS letter and your response to me was yeah you really messed up and I'm thinking holy shit that is not the response that I wanted and I'm thinking this in my mind how could you say this and then your next sentence was that's right people mess it up you gotta mess it up you we gotta mess things up in order to see things so clearly it's okay that you messed it up and I was like oh baby that's a beautiful thing to say that you actually told me to go ahead and it's okay that I messed it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what a partner is about, you know, changing the focus away from you were walling around in I'm not good enough mm -hmm. and to help shift it to, yeah, babe, you can do it. Yeah. It's okay. You messed up and you're okay. Yeah. yeah and it's can. wonderful how we take turns doing this to each other. And the beauty part about it was like two weeks later, I got another letter from the IRS and I was like, excuse me, we made a mistake. You didn't mess up. We messed up. <laughs> and That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of waste of energy about feeling shame and, and guilt. But you really helped me turn that around. So you're right. When, when we can reflect to each other, when one of us is down about something, the other one can really see more of the positive twist and really help us get to more of our higher self, which for me is an aspect of deeper authenticity. Sometimes people think that authenticity is just you blurt out your truth. You just blurt out whatever it is that you're feeling or thinking at the moment. To me, that's kind of one level. You know, just blurting out something could just be my worst self at that moment, just blurting it out. I think true authenticity is our truer, higher self when we're aligned with our beliefs and our integrity and how we really want to walk in the world because I can integrate kindness 
in being authentic, there's many ways that I can say something. And if I can say it in kindness, when it's appropriate to do that, then that's part of my higher self. You do that so well with me that you really encourage my higher self to come out in many ways. Yeah, I really like taking the route of kindness. You have certainly inspired me also to be more kind. Sometimes with uh, my Danish background, it can come out a little harsh and, you know, right to the point. Okay, this is what is wrong. This is how it is and addressing it and let's do something about it. Matter of factly, with you, I have learned to be more rounded and kind. <laughs> and it's funny how you say that, that I am inspiring you to be kind. It's funny how, how it flows around between us, the exchange. Yeah, because I think coming up and growing up in Detroit, there's a harder side of, you know, blue collar and, and a city life that, you know, telling the truth is sometimes very hard and harsh. And I think that that can be authentic in some ways, but I knew that there was another way that I could really speak my truth that didn't have a lot of that energy, that had a more grounded energy that I felt more integrated within myself and more strong and courageous that it didn't come out in a forceful way that was the only way to be authentic. And I discovered through you that I can actually be really authentic and be kind when I'm doing it. And that's very different than being nice, folks. It's not about being nice. It's not about pleasing others. It's about being kind. And so kindness has a way of having consideration and I also think it could have a little bit to do with being fast-paced in Detroit. It's a little fast-paced mm -hmm. and fast-talking and responding back quickly to each other. And that was actually also a bit my background in Denmark and Northern European country. It's also a little on the fast-paced. Even though I grew up in a little town there is a certain energy there in that area near Copenhagen where it is fast-paced and uh, got to be smart and quick to reply back. And often then I did not feel in with my heart. I would just speak and not totally embody what I was saying. And I would say once I moved here to America and I was so lucky to live out in the countryside in whatever state we moved to, California, Colorado, mm -hmm. and here in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. There was something about the land here as well that calmed me down to check in with my heart before I speak. And I think that is kindness. Yeah, and that really influenced me because authenticity you know, is a tricky issue in that way because, again, if you believe that your authentic self likes to belittle anyone who disagrees with you and then you can throw things at them until they give up the fight, then you're not listening to your authentic self. You're listening to your worst self. I think, again, instead, it's good to seek to express the deepest truth in a way that doesn't lose sight of, for me, an ultimate goal, and that is connecting with people. I want to connect with them on a deep level from my truest self. And I know another part of being authentic that starts with knowing who we are and being in touch with ourselves in the moment. 
So for me, authenticity also like starts in the gut. Can I trust myself? I remember there was a time a while ago, many years ago, that you had this this gut feeling of something in regards that you had to communicate more of your authentic self to my mother. Yes, it was shortly after we had got married and she had asked me to call her mom and it didn't really feel right to me. So I said I would think about it and I thought about it and it just didn't feel right. I was in my late 30s, almost 40, and it felt strange to get an extra mom at that point. And I just wanted an equal relationship with her. I didn't want the, that dynamic of mom-daughter. And she wanted that so bad because she had that with her mother-in-law. So there was something that she was trying to recreate. And so that was difficult to speak your truth because you knew that she was going to feel hurt. Yeah, and I kind of felt she had an image of how it should be, and I did not want to be put into that box. I could just feel it. I needed my freedom to just be me and not to be molded by her. So I kindly and politely said to her after I'd thought about it for a few days, I wrote her a really nice letter explaining why it didn't feel right for me to call her mom, but that I would love to call her by her name. Mm, yeah. We've heard this expression before, but it's like, in the end, you cannot do right by others if you cannot do right by yourself. And that was so important that you needed to feel that, be true to yourself. And that's a way of, of expressing your authenticity. Yeah, I wanted to have a good relationship with her, and I wanted it to be truthful. I, I had to speak my truth, and it felt so good. Were and you, she took it really well. Were you scared of how she was going to take it? Yes. So that's why it took a few days for me to formulate it, and I decided to do it in a letter. I didn't dare to call her on the phone and talk to her and tell her about it, because compared to me, she's a bit of a fast talker. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. And so also for me, when it comes to being authentic, it's about letting go of attachments to the outcome. And so you had to let go of the attachment to the outcome of how she was going to receive that. Yeah, by the time I was ready to um, give my answer back, I was actually not really afraid of her hmm. reaction to it because it felt so right and so good to write that letter. You know what I actually remember from that process was that I was feeling anguish about calling her and approaching her about this, and you encouraged me to express myself in a letter instead, and that was such a relief. Mm. So I felt so supported by you, and I love that suggestion. It worked out really well. I really wanted to support your truth, and I knew that it was difficult for you to talk, and especially talking on the phone at that time you had a deeper phone phobia. I had such a phone phobia. Yeah. And so writing a letter was a way for you to be able to still speak your truth and be authentic. And not be interrupted and mm. lose my train of thought. Right. Yeah. Right. I can better express myself truthfully in writing. Mm. Yeah. And throughout the years, you've always encouraged me to speak truth to, to my mom in many ways because that to me was an ultimate shift instead of being rebellious or coming on hard to her or shutting her out of my life. 
you encouraged me to speak more of my authentic self. And that was an ultimate. And then over the years, that became more kind in a kind way. And I felt much more integrated over the years of speaking my truth to my mother in a kind way, not in a very hard and rebellious way, just to put up my boundary. Yeah, in the beginning when I knew you, you spoke really hard mm. and cut your mom off and wouldn't call her back. And I was encouraging you to be kind and firm with her. Yeah. Yeah, so now I know in the past I was avoiding really speaking my truth to my mother because it would get into a lot of conflict. And now I don't avoid it. I would bring up a little boundary or big boundary and just say, hey, hey right now, I'm just experiencing you giving me unsolicited advice right now, and that doesn't feel right, doesn't feel good. And before I wouldn't speak to that, I would just let her go on and on, giving me advice and either pushing back or not saying anything, and then coming back to you and complaining and feeling resentful. Really came in a positive, well-rounded way about being more authentic to my mother, and I believe in a kind way about saying, hey, you know, right now, what you're talking about, this advice is unsolicited and that's not welcomed right now. Let's talk about something else. Because I remember in the past, I would blurt some things out when I was younger and I would say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. You know, I didn't mean that. And I know that there is some truth to that. When when somebody says and blurts something out and they say, I didn't mean that. Well, there's some truth because it comes out. But also, they didn't really mean it. They just didn't find another way to say it. For instance, like when a child blurts out, I hate you, mom. I hate you, dad. You know, there's an essence that, that they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have experienced saying the saying that. And that's, of course, not fully what the child or the teenager means, but it's a way of expressing that there's some boundary here and they don't know exactly what emotions to put on it so what i would say was i hear you i hear you say that you hate me that's okay but how do you feel do you feel sad do you feel angry do you feel disrespected do you feel upset So you're trying to bring out the deeper authenticity of that person, that child, you know, because instead of that first layer that comes out, that might sound like it's authentic, I hate you, but the deeper authenticity is maybe some of those other feelings. Yeah, I was trying to help him put words on his feelings, and it was helpful. Do you feel controlled? Yes, he felt controlled by me. So we had a good process there of diving deeper into it instead of if he had just said, I hate you, mom. Um, and you get all upset back or get hurt and get angry back at him. Yeah, yeah. It, it especially came up in the teenage years. And I was a bit controlling now and then. So it was good that I asked in, are you disappointed? And we could get a little conversation going about it and mm-hmm. dive into it. Instead of it just ending there and he go up and slam the door to his room. So for you parents out there, you know, try to encourage your kids deeper authenticity and not take that first layer as being offended. And, you know, you want to try to inquire into more of what's going on beyond what they're saying and try to encourage more depth of the authenticity because they are trying to tell you something that's true for them. 
and it might come across harsh in the beginning, but you can help them by acknowledging and validating first what it is that they're trying to say and maybe give them different ways to be able to say the essence of it. Yeah. And I knew sometimes he didn't even put words on it. It was just, you know, something like that or disgusted look. And then I knew I was coming up against a boundary that I had crossed his boundary there and he didn't really know how to express it. So I asked questions into it. Yeah. And I think when we do that and when we did that for him to pull out and to encourage his deeper authenticity, what started to turn around was a deeper sense of more caring and love. And right now, how he expresses himself in a deep authenticity of love and care, acceptance of us, it's, it's a beautiful process because we encouraged his expression of authenticity and not just shut it down. That could be the offshoot. If you shut down your kids, let's say, negative expression, then they're they're not going to be able to give a positive expression also. You're going to just shut them down, period. So I think it's wonderful for parents to know that you can have an authentic relationship with your child and you can teach how to love unconditionally. So one way to do that is to also own our own stuff. When we're authentic, we know ourselves. And I know at times if I was too hard on my son or said something, I would own it and say, hey, man, I am so sorry that I just treated you that way or that I just said that. That must have hurt or you must have felt really disrespected. So I needed to model that aspect of authenticity of knowing myself and calling myself out and wanting to be my higher self and naming it to him how you and I do that. We name it to ourselves. Wow, man, honey, I am so sorry that I just, I just spoke to you that way. That's not how I want to speak to you. You don't deserve that. So when we model that to each other, that's a beautiful way to teach each other how to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And we're also aware of that it was important to sometimes mess up right in front of our child so that we could also make it up and be role models and show it's okay to do mistakes and and say certain things and mess up and say sorry that we don't lose face and it's not embarrassing yeah because this beauty thing of authenticity is it's not set in stone you all of a sudden you don't master it completely it's a whole process you know you i love that saying that human beings don't get done only stakes get done so i'm on a path of authenticity. I'm not always authentic at all. Just like one of my podcasts on constructive criticism. I'm learning how to give constructive feedback. I do give criticism sometimes. So the same for us and for you folks out there. Don't get down upon the aspects of when you're not being authentic. If you're catching yourself and you can model it and you know you're on the path of more and more being authentic and true to yourself and aligning your values and beliefs with your actions and walking your talk. There you go. You're on a path of being a a more true, higher self of who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're being role models both to our kids, our teenagers and friends and family and to each other. And it's actually really great to mess up in front of each other and to make it up as soon as we can in front of each other and be role models. And you know, every authentic person that I've met 
is someone that I believe that is open to new ideas. You know, they may live by a code of values and morals that remain constant, but when it comes to opinions, peoples, and events, they're always open to listening. To me, authenticity asks that we judge free of bias. And you do that so well. You know, that's you encourage me to be more open-minded because I experience you to have a low sense of judgment in many ways. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, it's not so important to me to be right, <laughs> to have this to opinion or that opinion. <laughs> it's not so important. It's mm. more the, the connection we have when, when we're together. And to be accepted. The, we are so different. I mean, just you and I are so different. But people in general, we're all so different. And it's so interesting. And I'm curious to hear people talk about their lives. And to learn other ways of thinking and looking at life. And I don't really want to have much judgment on it. I'm just curious to hear how they see life. And I like to be met that way too. I don't really want to be judged for my choices. I think it's pleasant to be around people who just genuinely listen. Openness. Curiosity. Yeah. 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 And I've also found when I'm in conversation with people and when I listen to them that they feel safe to be Mm. vulnerable around me. And to open up because I don't judge, I listen, I might give some feedback, but I listen, I witness them. And that feels so good. I love that myself. And I get that a lot from you, too. I'm glad. I'm glad that we can share that with each other. What comes to mind as part of what Brene Brown said too is that we have to believe that we are fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance just as we are. And that's something that you just expressed right there. And that's part of being authentic is is to believe that we are good just the way that we are. Yeah, I think most people are longing for that to just be accepted as we are with all our quirkiness and little uniquenesses. And I think that's why we talked in the last podcast about some of those things around clothes and name changes and and appearances. And sure, clothes doesn't make someone authentic. Many people can be authentic with just wearing mainstream clothes or a monk wearing a robe. Yet for us, I know for me, that I experienced with my experimentation of my clothes style really helped me shed away internal masks and uh, being more comfortable from within. So that encouragement that you gave of just being me and just being accepted for those experiments and those risk-taking really brought me closer to bringing out internal authenticity. Mm -hmm. I just sensed that you wanted to experiment with your clothes. So I was just supporting up around that. And that's usually what I do in a conversation with another person. And I just love how adamant you were <laughs> the yesterday when you woke up and you said, I'm, I'm being inauthentic and I want to change that. And I don't want um, to come across, if I'm on the path of authenticity, 
I don't want to leave these little things behind. That was just inspiring. I know that you were kind of, like I said, racked and you feel feeling shame. And that's also a process of being kinder to ourselves. And that was something that hopefully that I encourage you to be not so hard on yourself, but just the fact that you wanted to realign your authenticity. That to me is about the depth of where you are willing to go to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to dare to be vulnerable, it really helped me to speak about my shame and putting some light on it by talking to you about it, dissolved it. Mm. And gave us another podcast. Yeah, great excuse. So I'm curious, some of these things like practices and ways to exercise your, your authenticity, what do you do personally that brings the awareness of getting to the bottom and the depth of your authenticity? Yeah, well, I do several things like I take walks in nature. Yeah. What does that do for you? It clears my head and it clears my whole being and I get clarity. And often then when I do walk in nature, I will hum, I will tone, I will sing. It just comes after a while. It seems like the first 10 minutes I'm just unloading all my thoughts and my worries. And then I begin to sing and ask for guidance. And then I often also use EFT, the emotional freedom technique. And I said earlier in the podcast that we would get back to speak a little bit about this technique. So I guess now could be a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. I learned it from you some years ago. Yeah. I think I was 49 when mm-hmm. you took a workshop in that and you brought it home and demonstrated it to me. And it seemed very easy. You were using your hands and tapping on some points on your face, some acupuncture points. And while you were tapping on them with your fingertips, you were speaking to worries and giving it a voice, your worries. And while you were tapping on those acupuncture points at the same time, it was activating and giving a message to the body about rebalancing this imbalance of worry and negativity. And I was just so fascinated by that technique and you immediately taught it to me and I started using it and uh, Boy, did you go with I it? had fast yeah. results from that. Yeah, you use it often. Yeah, I call it energy psychology. I use it in my practice often and as you're saying, it's just basically tapping on meridian points as you're also speaking to issues and events and core limiting beliefs so that it's unwinding some of those emotions that we're holding and blocking the flow of energy in our body. So um, tapping or EFT is a form to be able to, let's say, use your self-talk and negative self-talk to purge and move the energy in the body so that the body can start rebalancing itself to even talk about more positive things and anchor that in. So it's a really good way to let yourself talk, which is some aspect of your uh, authentic voice, to come through and not to censor it at all. And so you can utilize it in a way that actually can help heal the body and the emotions. It's actually really freeing to do it. 
And to get back to Sunday morning, when I was doing this EFT, I was tapping in on, I am so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. Now I messed up again. Why didn't I listen to my inner voice? You know, things like that. And I kept tapping on that. And then after a little while, other words came up that were stronger. And behind that, it's really freeing and interesting to give voice to the inner voice, the subtle low voice, and to actually speak it aloud, because that's what I do when I do EFT, I speak aloud. Mm -hmm. And it's so freeing and becomes so clear. And often also what happens is that tears begin to run out of my eyes, or I start yawning. And that's such a sign that the body is responding and I'm on the right track and using the right words that speaks to my inner voice. Mm -hmm. I just love that, you know, we're both into like clearing stuck energy because when we clear stuck energy, more of our authentic self can come through. We can be more of a conduit of that true self coming through. And so various exercises and techniques of doing things like EFT, walking in the forest, spending time in nature, anything that brings you down to clear and shed some of, let's say, the stuck energy, the stuff that is just accumulating that is really not truly who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other good tricks I use is like taking a shower or a bathtub mm. or dance around in the room. And I especially like being near living waters and we are so lucky that just in our backyard is this big rushing stream river running and I can be down there in a few minutes and walk along that river or sit near it and oh it's so clearing the mind and I love getting to the ocean too whenever I'm home in Denmark I get to the ocean as fast as I can and as a couple, um, what we do is we take our walks. And when we're taking our walks, that's when we can speak more of our true self. I know that when we're walking, especially holding hands, we're walking in this forward motion together. We're looking at the same view. We're not looking at each other. It's very difficult to get angry when you're walking and holding hands. I know I get angry when I stop holding hands. So this is a way for us to express more of our authenticity, being out in nature and walking with each other. And I highly recommend that to couples is to take more walks so that more of your true self can also come out and you can speak to challenges or you can speak to what it is that you really want to convey and express to your partner because communication is absolutely key to having an authentic relationship. Yes. Mm. And I wanted to also say earlier today, we were having a little bit of a crunch or a meltdown and we decided to take a walk. In About the doing this podcast in ways that we were going to do the podcast, we were having a little bit of a of differences of artistic um, expression. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got a little stuck there. So yeah. we decided to get out in the sunshine, take a walk along the river and... We sat down sat in down the room. river on some chairs there. And we might have sat there for 15 minutes and it really cleared our mind. And we really spoke to each other more in an authentic way and uh, more respectful way and encouraging way. And we do spend that time together to, to be able to empower and encourage an authentic expression in our relationship. It was interesting as we were sitting out in the river. 
I mean, not touching the water, but the flow was actually really coming through and refreshing us. And our stuckness loosened up and we got full of ideas. And all of a sudden we said, hey, why are we sitting here? We got to go back and get going with this podcast. Mm -hmm. And on the way back through the forest, we just began holding hands. We hadn't hold hands on the way out. Ah, yeah, that's true. But on the way back, we really felt for connecting and holding hands. Mm, yeah. Well, I love that we turn it around. I love that we go deeper into our authenticity with each other. I just absolutely love that I have a partner that I can venture in on that, be vulnerable, be real, experiment, and to want to live to the depths of my potential and who I am. So thank you so much, my love, for mm -hmm. partnering so with so welcome. I so appreciate that you are so open and willing to dive deeper into it when we have conflicts and inquiring into, okay, let's get to it. What can we do here now? Tell me what you want to tell. Mm. Yeah, and get it flowing again. So appreciate that. In these 24 years with you have just been such an exciting journey. It is. And we got many more. <laughs> mm -hmm, I hope so. Yeah. So thanks for doing this with me and purging some of the deeper aspects of authenticity between us and our relationship. Love it. Thanks, babe. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Toplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at adithemonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Thank you.